When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And they're walking him with the bases loaded and intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Hello and welcome in everyone to episode 169 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight, I'm not joined by George. Unfortunately, I'm joined by this trash bag of a human <laughs> named Zach Braff. You can follow him on Twitter at Braff Z. I have him muted right now because his, his house just makes too many noises. His chair makes too many noises. But welcome into the show, Zach. And honestly, I can't. We were talking about it a little bit. I can't recall the last time I recorded with just you. It's been a while. I don't like talking to just you. I miss George. Yeah, George is the glue. He George is, is the glue is, that keeps us together. <laughs> yeah, he is the oil that keeps this machine rolling. But just because you are here and George isn't. Move this man! I forgot the. I, I, I didn't press the button. Let's try this again. Move this man! There we go. All right. Such a great investment that was. I I haven't heard those uh those sound bites in weeks. Maybe you haven't been on. You haven't been on. <laughs> I still listen to the podcast. Even I know, but on. if you were on, that's when we play them. So listen, man. Don't you judge me on my investments. <laughs> I like to waste money, including wasting money on fantasy drafts. Because we were talking about how I'm just not happy with some of my early teams. And that makes I guess early teams. I'm, I, I mentioned it. I guess I, I I mentioned how you know being a little behind on my prep from last year. I'm uh, I'm just trying to play catch up a little bit, and I've been doing so while drafting. And I think that's why I'm not 100 percent pleased with most of my teams. But I think I'll be able to compete enough to at least make my money back, if not make a little profit. So we'll see. But anyways, we're talking about TGFBI tonight. We had to call an audible because George called an audible on us. So we're just going to talk about TGFBI, talk about strategy, some of the players, why we took them, why I hate my team. <laughs> Shocker. I just talked about why how much I hate my team. You're such a bad teams. drafter. I'm not a bad drafter all the time, but I am a bad drafter in this league. Not a fan of my team. I did take a little bit of a different strategy, a little bit of a different approach. I'm okay with my pitching staff. It's the hitting I'm a little concerned about, and we'll talk about it a little more. But the reason why I'm uh, the issue I have is such an issue with hitting, or I'm not so concerned with making up the hitting, is because I follow hitting so closely, like hitters and lineups. I think I can make up ground on the waiver wire with hitters. So having the stronger pitching, which I think I have a strong enough pitching staff, 
I think I'll be okay. This isn't a league. This isn't a winning team, but it's not a cellar dweller team either. Is it a so good far, team? It's not a cellar dweller. <laughs> it's it's not a good team. That's what you're trying to tell me. It's not great, Bob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's not ideal. Oh, but housekeeping. Uh, let's see what do we have here. Skplaybook.com just dropped a new article. We have a new tool. Lineup tracking tool. Shocker, I know. I have the spring training one that I do manually, but with the help of John Anderson at John PGH, I believe it is on Twitter, he helped me throw together this chart, this uh, tool that you can kind of just search all things lineups on. It's pretty damn awesome, and I'm pretty excited about it. We just launched it. The link is on the site, skplaybook.com, or you can check my pinned tweet on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Um, that's the big thing. Don't forget to check us. Obviously, check out our premium uh, Discord, two ninety nine a month. Check us out. Maybe come hang out with us. Deal with me complaining about my teams. Hey, it's pop. It's popping. I'm in there. Oh, so so popping. So much having. Um, what's what is good though? What is good is that Zach thinks I might just be a better analyst than player, which is fine because at least somebody benefits from that. Yeah. Might not I was be gonna me. Say, I think it's. <laughs> I was gonna call it a hot take, but I really don't think it's a hot take. I think you're probably. I would classify you more as a better analyst than a better player. I think maybe mid to late rounds of drafts, I feel like maybe you just either lose interest, lose focus, and I don't know. I just feel like your drafts kind of sometimes fall to shit. (laughs) But the funny part is, is like... Forget to draft the first baseman sometimes. That was a a team effort. And drunk George drafted Soroka. (laughs) I'm blaming George for drunk for Soroka. Drunk George... uh, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, I think what it's funny, though, because most of my content kind of is around deeper league players like I'm all over Susugo. I love Aguilar. These guys are going outside the top 250 around or top 300 even in like some cases, Tony Kemp, um, Chad Pinder, a bunch of guys that I give good legitimate reasons why you should buy into these players in deeper formats. So why do I tend to not like my teams? I don't know. <laughs> That's I think what it is, and I think a lot of it is, is there's so much uncertainty right now. We talk about that aspect of it. My teams might just be better than I realize, and I don't know yet. Or I'm overanalyzing it, overstressing over something, because by now we should be getting news. We should be seeing how people's player stocks change up and down. None of that's happening because there's nothing going on. So we don't know how to feel about our teams. We can like our teams today, and, and, and when things sign and CBA, everything happens, everything's going to change, and Teams you like today, you might like tomorrow. Teams you don't like today, you might like tomorrow. So I think the unknown is what keeps me kind of with a little bit of anxiety of like, I'm not sure how I feel about any of my teams because I don't think any of us are truly sure of anything right now. I think that's what's playing into it personally, Zach. Anyway. Um, Fair point. But you haven't drafted much this this year. I've, I told you I might have already burned a few hundred bucks, but that's fine. It's, it's, it's an investment. Um, <laughs> tell me, what was your thoughts? Where, uh, where did you... What was your assignment, your KDS? Where what did you end up with? So I ended up with the seven pick. Um, not my top choice. It was really right in the middle. I, did you set your KDS a certain way? I kind of just left it as is because that's. I really didn't have a personal preference other than the front half. I mean, after that, I was fine with whatever. Um, I really didn't want the back half. Really would have preferred like the first five picks. Um, of course, everybody that I wanted was gone by my pick, pick seven. Um, ideally wanted one of the power speed positional players. And at pick six, that's kind of when Acuna, uh, this was right around the news of um, 
the season a lot of the, yeah the everything going to shit basically and a lot of talk i think you actually put the freaking tweet out about Acuna. <laughs> like where would you take acuna if the season gets delayed and uh, i bet you uh, whoever was right before me saw that tweet and i think a lot of other people did too um and i was i don't really... have that kind of sway you give me too much credit i don't think mm-hmm. i have that type of, of you're, yawning you're a writer for you're a writer for the athletic now by the way congrats oh, i haven't spoken thanks. to you since, uh, yeah by the way in, in person the... Congrats. That's, the, that's well, big news for you. That's that's awesome. Happy it's something you. I've wanted for a long time, obviously. And um, Now I we just need baseball. Live. Yeah, I, I should have loved the show with that because I did end the last show like, hey, I have big news. And by the way, the big news was, yeah, yeah I started been, with that. I've been, I've been sitting on the fact that I got picked up by The Athletic. You can catch my work there. I won't be there exclusively. It's a freelance spot, and I am allowed to still write for um, SK Playbook, which I, which I did today. I wrote an article, a small article, kind of introducing and outlining what the purpose of the lineup, the MLB lineup spot tracker that we have. It's an in-season tool that we now offer. That is a, uh, it's on Tableau, so we recommend using your computer for sure. But yeah, the athletic, uh, that was it's awesome. I know I don't sound, I'm tired, <laughs> but I'm so excited and um, it's an awesome opportunity. I'm very grateful to Nando, Brandon, and all the other guys over there. Uh, yeah, really, really happy to be part of that team. But anyway. Back to nice little what plug. We were about. Yeah. Um, back to drafting here. So ended up with the seven seven pick. Really wanted a Acuna. Bichette was at five. I was hoping he might fall to me at seven. Neither of those happened. So it really became either go with Garrett Cole and go with a pitcher in the first, which I actually I I don't think I've ever done that in any of my drafts. I'm not a guy that likes to go pitch around one or pocket aces. Not not my style. Um, Vlad is obviously sitting there. Vlad's been catching a lot of uh, airwaves on fantasy baseball Twitter here. I have a few Vlad shares already, so I really kind of wanted to go do something different. Have a lot of Bryce Harper shares as well. So I went with Otani. Um, obviously, we've talked about it. I don't love plugging in my utility guy round one. It's not ideal, but the flexibility of moving him around to a pitcher slot if my offense is doing well um was enticing and he's really he was one of the last big power speed threats um available in the first round i think i mean bryce is really good but i mean bryce maybe only 10 to 15 stolen bases i mean shohei is a 40 20 player um more than likely i would say uh, maybe 30 20 but i would still gladly take that plus the added pitcher eligibility what are your what are your thoughts on Otani that that early? Are you for or against it or what? So I wanted to bring up the Acuna thing and then we'll circle back around to Otani as well. So okay. Acuna, you that, that's who you wanted, right? At pick seven, that's like the guy you were kind I, of like I wanted I really, to sell him there. But Bichette was falling, and I really that was a pipe preferred. dream though. That was a pipe dream. Yes, more realistic was probably. It was between Acuna, Otani, and Cole. And then once that news started trickling out, this was right around the time I was kind of hoping for Acuna at that point. Yeah, because I had the 12. And then my dreams were shattered. Yeah, I I laugh at you, not with you. I was hoping for Acuna or Harper to fall to 12. My league went 10 straight hitters and then Cole Burns. I took Burns at 12. But that was after because Acuna went at 8. Even I, I was even like, let me, you know what? I'll take Vlad at 12 if he falls because I really want to take a chance on, I want to build around Vlad. I want to see what it's like. 
Um, I've built around uh, Otani, but in a 12, and I actually really liked that team. But now talking about, so real quick on Acuna, where do you see yourself wanting to take him if you're drafting? If this draft was tomorrow, where do you think he goes? Now that we have an idea that the season might be being missed a couple you know, weeks to a month. I think you can make a case for him in the top four. I think Trey Ramirez, I'm calling him Trey. I got to stop doing that. We're not on a first name basis. Trey Turner. Yes, you are. <laughs> My boy Trey. <laughs> My boy Trey. Trey Ramirez Tatis, top three. And then I feel like Acuna could slot in right with those three, just with the power speed combo. I mean, Soto's, and there goes the sump pump. <laughs> Every time. Um, <laughs> um, I love Soto, but I mean, we don't really know what kind of speed we're going to get out of him, maybe 10 to 15 bags. Um, but I, I would put Acuna probably in the top four. That's right where I'm. I'm torn. Like I can see Acuna at one, but even with a delayed start, we're still. He. I think he was still targeting May. Acuna was. So even if we start May, he's ready. I don't know how much he runs this year. I that's think the, the talent I, is amazing. I don't think you could take him one just because you don't know if he's going to have the green light to run. I still think I would take Trey Turner. I think I would still take Jose Ramirez. And then I think possibly Acuna over Tatis. And the reason why I say that is because although Tatis isn't coming off a leg injury and should still run. He has a shoulder that wasn't surgically repaired, whereas Acuna had the repair to his ACL. So although Acuna could get up to a slow start, I think I think, I think, think Acuna could be a little safer now. And that's why, yeah, I think Acuna belongs in the top four, though. And you can argue fifth. You know, Bichette still can make that. This, you know, he does belong. I think he belongs in that discussion. Bichette at the top of a great order, power and speed. You know, he's going you know to give you 25-25 most likely. Um, that's hard to really argue him over, uh, argue Acuna over him because at least you, again, you know what you're getting. Whereas Acuna still is a question mark, but I do think Acuna belongs in that top four, top five conversation without a doubt. But now we can go back to Otani. And as an Otani uh, manager myself, I really liked him when I thought we were getting a full season. Losing games hurts him in the sense of it, it's less flexibility to utilize him as a pitcher because. It gives you less of a chance to gain a lead in hitting stats. I mean, realistically, if you're drafting Otani, more likely than not, you are you're going to be using him as a hitter majority yes. of the time. I mean, but unless there's a, chance there's that a you... great matchup and you need pitching two start in pit. your pitching stats, if there is a two start week that the Angels actually decide to use him for, then yes. But m- most of the time, you'll be using him as a hitter. So. Um, I agree. I, I just think it's one of those things that over a 162 game grind, Otani could have easily been a guy that, you know what I mean? You just kind of, okay, it's been a month and a half. I have a really, really good lead in, in, in stolen bases. I don't need his stolen bases this week. And the power, I'm sitting good. Like I'm sitting good in the power and, and speed categories. But I can use some ratio help. I can use some Ks. That's going to be less, like, it's going to take that same six weeks it might take to build that it takes up a greater part of the season now is my point and the flexibility and the utility of him being utilized as a pitcher, albeit rare for most cases might not be rare for other cases. And it's like, well, now it's like, there's just less opportunity to take advantage of his skill sets. I'm getting at not that I'm against building around him as an offensive piece, but the fact that Otani can, uh, it's, it's just, said, there's just, like I said, there's just less chance to utilize him as a whole. This is weekly formats. Obviously daily. He's still, one one in daily, Beast, I think. Yeah, <laughs> there's less chance to use his pitching stats, but you can still utilize them and get yeah. great stats there, especially if if that's your team need in that given week. 
So I see the pros and pros and cons to it. Thinking back there, all there, to it a little bit, is. though. Sorry. Thinking back <laughs> to it now, I really, I kind of almost regret not taking Garrett Cole there. You said you took Corbin Burns at twelve. Is that right? That was because um, I because Cole. I have Burns on a team already, so I actually wanted Cole just to switch it up because I do think they're. I think those two are kind of in a tier of their own. I do yeah. put them together. I do look at them like those are the two guys I want. Yeah. With, with less, with a season shortening now, I do favor Burns because I thought Cole was safer to get the innings. Now Burns, I feel like in a shortened season, might have the higher ceiling. I don't think you can go wrong with either. The point that I, I was agree. trying to make was, especially more out of the 12 spot, the problem that I had with taking Cole at seven was I didn't know what kind of hitter I was going to get on the way back in the second. Mm-hmm. I really would have loved to get like a Trout or a Mookie or um, a Luis Robert if possible. And I just didn't think that any of those types of guys would fall. I didn't really want to end up reaching for Marte or Cedric Mullins in the second or Merrifield. It's, it's not really type of profile that i wanted just the speed i i want a more power speed type guy not the pure speed so that was my concern with taking cole at seven and having to reach for one of those guys in the second to secure stolen bases so that's kind of why i didn't do it um i ended up getting machado in the second who kind of fills the, the third base role there which is obviously really shallow gives me double digit steals hopefully um but out of the 12 slot with you, I don't know. Who did you take in the second round? Machado. He, didn't, Machado. he, he doesn't. You got yeah. good taste. Got good taste. Yeah. But Machado was because Devers went uh, 16th overall. So Machado was like, I'm like, all right, yeah. well, I like to get my th- I like to get my third baseman there. It was between Machado and Trout. And I have a story about this. So I thought for some reason Machado got sniped. Right. I didn't. I, I just looked. I said, I forgot. I, I forgot. I set my cue to auto. And it picked. I thought I thought I was up, and Trout goes off the board as I'm as I'm looking at the board. I'm like, I feel all right, cool. A, a I got Trout. K story coming right here. It Did pretty you fall much was. Or something? So I uh, so I pretty much no. Um, I was sitting there talking about you know what Trout in the second. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I have a hard time thinking it's gonna be a big deal to build around Trout. I know the speed might not be there, but I think he's a great piece you can grab in the second round, and you can build around him. I'm like talking him up. And then one guy's like, yeah, he's on my team. I'm like, no, he's not. Is he? <laughs> the guy right and before you picked him? No, I picked Machado, and I thought I picked Trout. and Because uh, I thought oh, I thought so I got sniped. So you were, you were hyping thought, up Trout. You thought you picked him, but you did not. Yeah, and then and then all I wrote back was, oh, in that case, he sucks. <laughs> that was all I wrote back after that in the group chat. Yeah, I was hyping him up because we, really we have a really good group chat. Um, so many names I can't – I honestly can't name them all because – the only person that sucks in that group chat is Simeon. He can kick rocks, but the rest of that chat's awesome. No, but uh, um, I actually was considering Woodruff there too. I was thinking about like, let me double. I was thinking about double tapping SP, but I'm like, I don't want two of uh two pitchers from the same team. Yeah. So Burns. Team. So the Burns Machado combo to start, I really enjoyed. I really like that combo. I thought, okay, I have a little bit of five category production mixed in with an ace. Good. I'm good to go. Um. I and like you it. and you took Machado, you took Machado in the second round as well. You got him later than I did. Yeah. I didn't fell, fall that far. Fell pretty far. Where did you take? Who did you take him over? Um, I mean, probably was looking at Zach Wheeler there in the second. Wheeler ended up falling four picks later. Tim Anderson went right right after me. Um, I really wanted Trout or Jordan, and they both went right before me. Or Devers. Those are the three picks right before me, and my cue was shot. But luckily, <laughs> Mach- Machado was still there. So I really like Machado 
as a, a second round pick here. I think this is a great spot for him. Um, I don't think you reach for him. I mean, I think he's he's great either early second or if he falls, if you're lucky that for uh, for that to happen. I, I really like Machado, especially with the third base landscape this year. Um, but you have you mentioned... have you done? Sorry to cut you off. Have you done any builds, whether it's DCs or anything this year? Have you done any pocket aces before? No, I'm not a big pocket. I... I can see it, but I really enjoy getting a hitter in the first two rounds. I think those hitters in the first two rounds, I, I do. I, I like to leave my first three rounds with one, what I feel is an ace. So I try to get two, like, and I did it here, two hitters and a pitcher. But I don't. I usually like to get my. I usually like to get a hitter in the first round. But no, I yeah. haven't tried it this year. It's doable. Um, I think it's Dalton Del Don from Yahoo. It's, he it's does funny that the, you. The, it's funny that you Yellow say Brick that. Road. He's, he's he's in my league. Is he doing the Yellow Brick Road method? He's doing that. So he's team 12. Have you, he have got, you heard of that, by the way? Yellow Brick yeah, Road? I listen. I listened to the podcast. Did you? Uh, I think Bubba, he was on was Zach's and, and Bubba's. Yeah, I listened, listened to the Bubba's one. this morning. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, he is tonight. going through with the strategy. It was, I honestly had a feeling that it was coming because I knew that's what he, that's what he likes to do. So he started off Burns, Hater, Sale, Edwin Diaz, Logan Webb, and Dylan Cease. So he's got four starters. I mean, I don't love Chris Sale. Um, I think he may have maybe could have gone like Alcantara or Giolito. I like them better than Sale, but so he has four starting pitchers through ten rounds. I have three starting pitchers who I think can kind of hold their own against his. I think my offense stacks up much better. Obviously, he only, he has he took his first offensive player in the seventh. He took Stanton in the seventh, Miles Straw in the eighth, and then Glaber Torres in the tenth. So he we only have three those guys. Players. Yeah, I mentioned all those guys on the podcast of Bubba too. He probably and... already drafted. Uh, we've only gone through like one, one or two rounds today, so that was probably from yesterday. He had a plan all along, but it's a really interesting strategy, and I am very curious to see how it works out. I know he and... had success with it last year. I don't know if it was if it was luck, if he just hit on the right guys. Um, It'll be interesting to see if it actually is successful this year, especially with taking a lot of relievers in that mix, too, between he took Hader Diaz and he took Duvall, Camilo Duvall, in the ninth, who I don't love because I really think we're going to get more a fair shot of saves over there. Um, I agree. I think that's kind of become kind of a common thought with the San Fran bullpen. Like, people are thinking McGee's going to factor in more, if not at least similarly to Duvall. So you've seen the love for Duvall kind of, you know, wane a little bit over the last few months. But the Yellow Brick Road, I want to make sure people understand what it's called. The reason why it's called Yellow Brick Road, if you didn't listen to either of those podcasts that he was on, is basically because he takes like six or seven or eight or more pitchers in a row. And on the NFBC, pitchers are yellow blocks. So if you look at the draft board, it's like seven or eight straight yellow bricks and it's yeah. Yellow Brick Road. So that's why he, because he goes such an extreme pitcher attack. It works for him. It worked for him last year, apparently. He was talking all about it. Again, I recommend listening to that pod, most recent one with Bubba. And um, yeah, it's it's Bench with Bubba. It's a good podcast. Good friend of the show, good friend of the show. At BV Entrick on Twitter. Look at that. Shameless plug. Um, it's just no, Bubba's a great friend and he's always promoting all of our work. So at least I could do a shout out on his podcast to the five people still listening with everything being so uh, crappy right now i'm just glad listen i'm still pumping out the content i'm still i have no plans on going anywhere our draft by the way we're in the 24th round and two or three picks of three picks have just gone since i've uh 
started talking. Where are you at? What what round are you in? We are in round 11, and it is dragging like no other. <laughs> but you know what? Maybe so you jealous of yours. Although yeah, this, is gonna la- this is going to last me at least another week or two, which will hold me over because God knows what's going to happen with, with Major League Baseball at this point. I think the owners – Do you, pick a date. I say May 21st – or sorry, May 1st. I think May 1st is the date we get baseball back. To start regular season, you're saying? Yes. Yeah, I saw a few people floating that around. I mean, I, I really hope it's earlier than that. I'll, I'll say April 15th, tax day. <laughs> <laughs> tax day. <laughs> Why not? Because the owners get their, the owners avoid major taxes. Like, you know what? We save some extra money. We'll sign the CBA now. Did you see the report that there was like four owners that already, like, that already think that the players are getting too much? Four owners, like, it's didn't just, agree. It's going to gonna the, be, it's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, I guess we're talking about this now. <laughs> nice pivot. I mean, it sounds like the the players they just want to do what's right by some of these younger ball players and getting them paid earlier on in their career and getting them to free agency a little bit quicker. And uh, the owners just are greedy and they just I don't know if it's if it's all greed, um, but they just don't want to go through with that and. Um, I don't know. It's just know. it's just tough to talk about. It really is. I really don't want yeah, to. Yeah, because <laughs> well, not even just that it's tough to talk about, but there's so many details you don't want to get wrong. You know what I mean? Because things are ever changing. Yeah. And... and there's so many things that we're probably really aren't even aware of, like the holdup between both sides. But I don't know. Hopefully I'm gonna say April 15th. You say May 1st. You want to bet another jersey on it? <laughs> no, I just want I you know what? I'll, I'll bet I'll bet. I don't know. I'm throwing that jersey in the garbage, by the way. Did you get me? No, you got me Alonzo. I thought it was a Cindergard one. Never mind. Yeah, I got you a got you an a, orange a Alonzo. Like. Yeah. Who's I losing always... service time over this whole thing? Anyway. Anyway. Let's move on back to our team. So we've covered we both took all Machado of, in the second. Yeah, we've covered we've covered all of two <laughs> rounds for each team. So so far you have Otani and Machado. So you don't have a pitcher yet. What'd you do in the third? Third round, I was eyeing Aaron Nola, who got picked right before me. And then Whit Merrifield was kind of sitting in my lap there. At the time, it was a max pick for for Merrifield. Um, so I took him in the third um, pick, was he? I don't, I don't know. know. Something close to 40. Round three, pick seven. Something, yeah, something like that. So 30, 37, roughly? <laughs> Would that make sense? Yes, round pick 37 three, sounds right. 37 <laughs> sounds right. 15, so, 30, yeah. plus seven, yeah. I'm not. I, I, like I said, I didn't want to reach for for Merrifield in the second, but I felt like that was really good value in the third. Mondesi went with the fifth pick in the third round. So, I refuse. I'm not, I'm not yeah. drafting Mondesi. You know it that. Felt, it felt very early, but with that pick, I kind of knew that speed guys were going to be hot commodity. They already are, but Merrifield was second base outfield eligibility. I mean, I just really kind of like that that spot for him. Um, and I think you tweeted about it either today or yesterday. I mean, he he plays every game, and he's in a premier today. spot lineup. Yeah, you're, you're you you don't stop tweeting even if we're in a lockout. <laughs> I got listen. I looked at like this is how I've built t- Twitter interaction. You know, over the years, I try to tweet at least one thing every day, baseball related, like a stat or something interesting I could find. You know what I mean? Or I just try Colton Wong or a hot take about Colton Wong. Apparently, that has like thirty likes and. I bold apparently a bold prediction will get you more likes in a half an hour than a well thought out tweet that like you put like research and homework into. Hot take: Colton Wong will be good this season. Five hundred likes. 
<laughs> I said he would outproduce Tommy Edmond. That's for the because they're going about 100 picks apart. That's the hot take part. I like the take. I can't even fault you for the take. I'm, I like Colton Wong quite a bit. But it's funny because like the way you said it was kind of funny. Like, oh yeah, well. <laughs> who did yeah. you uh, who did you end up taking in the third? Um. Anyway, back to me. So I took Marcus Semien, which a lot of people aren't in on. And I was on um, Friends with Fantasy Benefits, uh, Friends with Fantasy Benefits podcast with Mason and McDonald, Doctor McDonald. Sorry, can't mess that one up, Doctor Dave. Uh, we were talking about Semien, and I brought up that if you look at his hit chart from last year, all his home runs from last year, although I don't expect him to hit 40, whatever he hit, I don't expect him to hit that many again, but they all would have left these ballparks, which, you know, these ballparks in the AL West are, are big. You have Oakland, you have, um, what's it called? Where's he, uh, where he went? I can't, uh, the Rangers. <laughs> um, not you have all these ballparks. Globe yeah. Life. But Globe Life is not, it's a pitcher's park because the way, the way it plays, apparently. Um, I still think like the power is still going to be there. That team runs so much. He was very efficient on the base paths last year. I don't see, I, I could see a path to 30, 15 again and 30, yeah, 15 with, with eight, we'll, we'll say 90 runs and like 70 ish RBI. If he bats second in that lineup, because that, you know, I think Brandon, I think Nate Lowe had close to hundred, if not had a hundred RBI last year, batting in the middle of that order. Nate Lowe had 70 RBIs last year. 70? I swear it was 100. What the hell? Who had... He only had 70? I'm an idiot. I'm pretty sure I feel like I looked this up recently. Probably because I said this before. I swear he had 100 for some reason. Yeah, you probably... He only had had 72. 72 RBIs. (laughs) I swear he had more. Oh, my God. Oh, you know what? I keep mixing him up with... No, no, no. Actually, of all people, Jesus Aguilar, who put up 93 with the Marlins or something stupid. How do you mix up those two? Because it's a bad team with a player that hit randomly in the middle of the lineup that formed These way above. These must have been first base targets for you in your battle of the yes. pods, and you missed out on both of them. <laughs> they, 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 they constantly come up. To, I usually pair them together as whichever one of these two fall, I'll take. That's usually what happens. I get a lot yeah. more Aguilar. A little bit of Homer there, I guess. Actually, but, like um, Nate, Nate Lowe should really be a nice sneaky piece this year. I think he could get close to 100 RBIs in that lineup with Simeon and Seager there. But yeah, either way. Um, so I lied. I was wrong about Nate Lowe. Thank you for calling me and checking me on that. Um, it was obviously, but it's sad that I don't know why I mixed him up with, with the other first baseman. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. You know, it does matter that I still believe Mar- in Simeon. I still Marcus think we're getting. Who did you yes. uh, who did you take him over in that spot? What other guys? Were, um, was Trevor see. Story still available or no? No, Story would have been my. He was my top target. He went in the middle of the third. Anderson went in the second. Bogarts went after Story. Um, Lindor. I took Lindor was the only one I took him over. And Franco. So you would take Simeon over Lindor? I probably yes. would too. I think Simeon, outside of batting average, has a higher ceiling at this point. Counting stats will be will end up much better than Lindor. Maybe so. Maybe Lindor will have more stolen bases, but everything else, I think Simeon. But maybe not because Lindor doesn't. He's not great on the base paths either. So I and Simeon's on a team that likes to run a lot. So I think they could even be closer to even. I don't. I I think it's Simeon's power that I think I buy more, and the fact that we know he, you know, Lindor actually dealt with a little bit of injury last year. Still haven't really seen him fully bounce back to being the guy that everyone thinks he could be. So I think I'm just gonna buy Simeon. But Lindor went five picks later, so I'm I'm just. Picking between the two. Yeah. Well, he went six picks later. Similar but profiles. It's okay. Just, yeah. I just, so I took Semyon. I just prefer Semyon. And then on the way back in the fourth, who, who'd you grab? Let's hear I it. Got my, I got my first closer in Ryan Presley. So at this so point, I are have you, I have to ask. Everybody's talking about 
Are you I'm concerned not, about no. Presley? I, I, I'm not, I yeah. don't know where the claims are coming from. Di Pietro, man, he's he's. Well, he's, I know, I know that it came from him, but I don't. But know he's so smart. He so no, like I, I don't want to. Well, I think a part of it is uh, a gut, a gut feeling. Part of it is them him thinking that he gets put back into that role where he just pitches high leverage situations. Not so he does. So yeah, I mean, there's a chance he doesn't get all the saves, but I can still. I mean, if you get Presley and you really feel that way, grab Naris. Like I can still grab Naris right now. I think I'll check. Curious. Would you would you want to waste a bench spot in in this type of format? If if it's in a DC, I get I well, would I would definitely back to. him up with Ner- Neris. But in the reason this why format, I, I don't know if you want to waste a bench spot on him. The reason why I don't mind wasting a bench spot on him is because I can. Where there's going to be a waiver run before the season starts. Yeah, and if I can get him on my very last pick, and I like, and I don't want to maybe like maybe it's like between him and Keston Hira or something as my last pick. I'm oh like, my god. <laughs> You get my point. That's the type of guys you're looking at, though, at the end of the draft. Yeah. I hope your whole league is listening to this podcast and somebody snipes you on Hector They can Nares. have them. I don't care. I've already, I've already, I can't really afford to take Hector Nares because I already paired, um, I'll get ahead of myself, but my second closer was Soto, and we'll talk about why in a little bit. But I paired Soto with Fulmer because I think that's securing that, that bullpen. Because I think mm. Fulmer, I think Fulmer is like sneaky for those saves. I like Fulmer better than Soto. But, but back to uh, Preston for a second. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this was all part of Rob's plan to kind of plant this seed in the fantasy baseball <laughs> Twitterverse, thinking guys will maybe back off Presley a little bit, he'll drop a little bit, and then Rob just kind of spooks, scoops him up in drafts. Maybe that was part of his plan. Yeah. I I don't mind Hector Neris, but Hector Neris really just wasn't very good when he had the closer's job. I just don't see, barring an injury... I don't see how he overtakes Presley. Maybe they put Neris in a high leverage role and he succeeds in that type of role. I just don't think somebody that's had success like Presley, I don't think you remove him from that role unless it's injury related. My personal opinion, but obviously he's a a top tier closer and I see why you took him there. Did you take him over other guys in that tier? Uh, Edwin Diaz, Kenley Jansen were the only other two. And um, I can see the argument for either of those guys over Presley. I just want the guy who I think is on the best team. Jason yeah. doesn't have one, so that's easy. And uh, Diaz, Diaz, I think I've just, I think I've just seen him have one too many blowups and lose his job on occasion. Like we know he's like the closer, but then he'll have one or two blowups. He'll have shaky confidence, and it'll just screw with him. Um, I don't know. You're the Mets guy. Should I have more confidence in Diaz? Because I just don't trust. No, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> if I had the choice between Presley or Diaz, especially with all the hype around Diaz, right? Um, the hype around Presley with the Neris news, I'm still taking Presley. As a Mets fan, I just cannot trust Edwin Diaz in that role. Like he'll have a nice stretch, but then he's going to have such a rough. He always has a rough patch where he just loses confidence. And they also they have other guys that can get the job done. They've got they've got Lugo who saved games before. They have Trevor May who saved games before. Um, if Diaz struggles, which I see it happening at some point, I mean, um, I could see them going to somebody else just to give him a breather. But I, I think Presley is just a rock solid option. He won't crush your ratios like Diaz could if he goes in one of those rough stretches. So I would go Presley over Diaz. But my question to you is, where, do, where does the role does Chapman fit into that mix? I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on Chapman. I actually grabbed Chapman 
Not in the fourth. I grabbed Luke, Lucas Giolito fell to me in the fourth, which I thought was a huge steal. So I That's took Giolito, but I was actually between Giolito and Chapman. I decided to hold off on Chapman, thinking that one of Presley, Chapman, or trying to see, or Kenley Jansen. I was hoping that either Presley Chapman or Jansen would make it back to me. Luckily, Chapman made it back to me in the fifth. So I ended up with Giolito and Chapman, which was awesome. But I really like a role to Chapman this year. I mean, he's also, I think he's got a super long leash in that role, which a lot of other closers do not have. Um, yeah, he has had rough stretches as well, but honestly, most closers do. Um, he racks up the strikeouts. Uh, his whip should still be in an okay spot at the end of the year. And, um, I mean, a lot of people are saying that he's injury prone. I mean, he really, he hasn't, um, he hasn't been that bad injury wise. He's, um, I'm trying to look up the numbers as I'm talking, but what are your, what are your thoughts on Chapman in that tier of Presley and Diaz? I have him just behind those two, and it's because I believe he, he this is his final year. So if he struggles, they could look to replace him because they don't need to make a point to use him. But I am still very confident in him being the closer. Like So there's people that just think he won't have a long leash. I agree. I'm, I lean more towards he will have a longer leash. And Chapman's a guy that um he struggled after the sticky stuff ban and then figured it out. Like He wasn't yeah, fantastic he down the stretch, but he did get better. So I'm not out on Chapman like other people are. I, I do think he belongs in that conversation with Presley, Jansen, Diaz. I have him above Jansen because Jansen doesn't have a job right now. But I do actually know I lied. I have Jansen. I still have Jansen ahead of him because I think wherever Jansen goes, he closes as well. But yeah. I do think he I do think Chapman is safer than people than you're hearing a lot of people. I think it's people are rightfully torn because that bullpen has so many options that they can go turn to in New York. But um, Chapman's still a guy I'm buying in as a closer with a pretty strong leash. And I think what it is, is although I have Diaz ahead of him in the ranks, I just I have more confidence in the role of Chapman. So I tend to fall. So maybe I need to switch that. Because if, if I'm drafting one but not the other, I think what it is, is I'm kind of ranking them like they're going, even though I just know I just don't go for Diaz because I can get I can fall back on Chapman later type of thing yeah. or Jansen. So I, mean, I just kind D of avoid Diaz. I mean, Diaz has his own issues like we've been talking about. Class A, I like Class A. He's got amazing stuff, but he's still coming off of his rookie season. He uh, throws seen... hundred and something mile per hour. Yeah, cigarettes. it's filthy, stupid. but what if, stupid. <laughs> what if he can't control it? What if he can't control it? It doesn't matter. Is... People swing at it anyway. Eh, not if he's throwing <laughs> it at the backstop like Rick Ankiel style. I mean, we could see regression from Class A. There's really not much of a track record to go off of. They have... Corinne Chak over there as well, who obviously struggled last year after the sticky stuff was uh, was banned. But what if we see um, both roles kind of flip flop? Class A struggling, Corinne Chak pitching well. I could see them. I, I could see him possibly losing that role. He doesn't have a very long leash compared to Chapman. So I think Chapman needs to be right in that that top Gosh. five tier of closing. He averages a hundred miles, a hundred point two miles per hour on his cutter. Class A it's, does. It's, Dude, I had him in MLB the Stupid. show. It was just it was a cheat code. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't even ranked well. I think he's he wasn't even a 70, but I think yeah, the he stuff was is terrible. Filthy. You just you have to somehow get it over the plate. Unless the yeah. hitter sucks and he just swings at everything, which is kind of what most people do. Yes, that that's a whole other discussion for another day. So you are three so right now you kind of built your base. You went three hitters, but then ended up with Giolito, who was just a gift, and then a closer. So you've gone three hitters, ace, closer. That's a solid that's Correct. a solid build to your team. How have you gone? Back to the what G have you done? 
Back to the Giolito thing. I was actually very torn between Giolito and Freddie Peralta as my SP1. It felt like Giolito was a safer pick there, especially for innings, especially if Peralta maybe gets hurt. Like maybe they shut him down and his innings are kind of limited. So I think I think Peralta goes uh, his value goes up now because of the shortened season. Yeah, I, I but I still prefer Giolito. But I think Giolito <laughs> is just a workhorse, and I kind of wanted that in that spot. So yeah. Ot- Otani, Machado, Merrifield were my first three hitters. Then I went Giolito, Chapman, and I was able to get I thought great value Joe Musgrove as my SP two in the six. So three hitters, three pitchers. Um, really like Musgrove in San Diego. Should uh, doesn't really walk a ton of guys. Should offer some great ratios. And I think the win should be there. So um, in this format, really like Musgrove. Took him over guys like Luis Castillo, Verlander, Montas, and Morton. So that's kind of kind of explains my love for Musgrove right there. Who uh, who did you grab in the sixth? Uh, we're not. Just, I'll say we're not going to have. <laughs> I I have twenty four rounds in my draft. We can't go through my whole. Oh, that's team. right. We're not going to go through your whole thing. So <laughs> I want to finish going through your team. So right okay. now you have two. You have two solid starters, a closer, three solid hitters. I really like where your team is going. How'd you screw it up? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to grab an outfielder before things got a little shaky in that department. Eloy fell to the seventh. I was eyeing him. He got taken two picks before me. So I ended up with a toss-up between J.D. Martinez or Brian Reynolds, which I was kind of consulting you with. I love Brian Reynolds. I really do. I just have a lot of shares. I kind of wanted to to change it up. I don't. I think they're both right in the same tier. They're kind of like right neck and neck, those two. Um, obviously, I like you got to like the Red Sox lineup situation more than the Pirates. Um, so I ended up going with J.D. Martinez in the seventh. Um, could have went with pitcher, like a Trevor Rogers or a U Darvish, but just wanted to keep keep stocking up on hitting. So I went with J.D. Martinez in the seventh. Wrong and then, What's that? You you would want Reynolds? <laughs> oh, you you know, I, I you said you were consulting me. I told you, I told you Reynolds is better. Like, I, I don't care. It was care. all a test. I was planning on going against whatever you said. That's fine. You're you're wrong. You just you open you open the show saying I'm a better analyst and player. Then you're gonna argue with my analysis. I love it. I, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just it's I just, just more fun. it's more fun that way. It's more fun. Listen, normally I would probably go Reynolds over Martinez, but honestly, my my thought process with TGFBI was I really wanted to try and get some shares of players that I don't have elsewhere because a lot of leagues I'm in are dynasty leagues or keeper leagues, and I can't get a lot of these guys that I like this year. So J.D. Martinez is one of those guys that I kind of wanted a share of. Um, I'll just keep going. I only have, I only have two more, three more picks on the dock here. So eighth round, I kind of wanted to lock in shortstop. They were kind of drying up fast. I think we've talked about before how shortstop kind of just dries up after around like pick 100, honestly, like Correa, Swanson, um, Seager, Bobby Witt's going in this area. But the guy that I really was eyeing in this draft was Willie Adamas. He was actually the one guy that I said I want in in this particular round. Uh, I think it was, what was it, pick around like 127 or so. I think it was 127 that I got Willie Adamas. Um, no, it was 114, excuse me. Um, pick 114 with Willie Adamas, but I still feel like that was really good value for Adamas. Um, a little bit before ADP, but... 
dude, I love Willie Adamas in a full season in that ballpark in Milwaukee. Um, I think Adamas could. Is it a bold take to say that Willie Adamas will be a top five shortstop next year? Yeah, it's pretty bold because first up is so damn deep. Um, I would that means he would have to come in. He'd have to be better than Bichette, Anderson, Story, Bogart, Semyon, Lindor, Wander. I can I actually have him ahead of Correa. I think in my ranks or right with in that tier. Seager, Witt Jr. You see where I'm going with? Like I'd say he's right in that tier, but I feel like I could see him take that next step and be kind of where maybe like Story and Lindor Lindor and Semyon are next year. That would put him fringe top five because of how good the damn position is. But yes, um, if you're that high on him, I mean, I really like him. I'm you're not gonna hear me argue with him about him too much or against him too much. But I am also the same guy who's arguing Colton Wong over Tommy Edmond, which <laughs> most people would call crazy because it's like a hundred picks difference. I'm hearing people saying it's not a bold take. I'm like, well, when you're talking about a guy, my thing about bold takes, I don't like saying stuff that's totally outlandish. Like, oh, Mitch Hanniger is gonna gonna hit more or have some more stolen bases than Mike Trout, like. Like something stupid like that. I'm just looking at two names randomly, arbitrarily. You get my point. I don't. I don't want something that's like not gonna happen, or or something like that's just unreal. Like the one year, like I made a stupid one that went like semi-viral fantasy baseball Twitter. Everyone laughed at when I said, well, uh, "Was it Franchi Cordero is gonna outproduce um, Luis Robert or something?" Franchi like, Cordero. It was I'm, gonna, right I'm about the, to put him in my queue. It was in 2020, right after the trade. I was really just kind of like hype. It was just stupid hype. I didn't mean it. But it was, it was, balls. but it was, it, yes. But at the same time, I was like, well, it could happen. Like it's a, it's, but it's, it really couldn't. And obviously it didn't, but um, it's one a of lot of like, things that, can happen. The thing, the thing is though, is people say that like, those are the ones I usually try to avoid. I said that one mostly tongue in cheek, just to get, just to get kind of a rise out of people. And it worked, but I'm um, like, I try to keep my bold takes not as like crazy bold. I know it takes away from the front of them, but I like to say things that, are a little outside the comfort area that could happen. That's why when I said Colton Wong over Tommy Edmond, it was more of like a this isn't this is kind of bold. This is like hot more of a hot take than bold. But whatever, I like to kind of put it. I want to put it out there that I really do think it's it could happen. It's hard to say it will, but I do see a path to it. Anyway, what we, so, I've heard wor- I've heard worse takes from you. Um, yes, but I just threw, I just threw myself under the bus with the whole Cordero one. Go ahead. You did so. Adamus in the eighth, then in the ninth. Um, Little SP run, Shane Boz, Pablo, Manaya went. I kind of reached a little for Luis Garcia at this point, but really like Luis Garcia as an SP3. Um, other guys that I was considering that spot, maybe Eduardo Rodriguez or Kopech, kind of what we, we talked about with Kopech. Um, but ultimately, Luis Garcia, SP3, Houston's going to give you wins. Um, I think he's got a a lock in that rotation and especially with the shortened season i mean uh, they kind of unleashed him last year i feel like he should be in a good spot this year um so luis garcia at nine and then i was really pissed in the 10th i uh i wanted luis urias i i wanted a whole milwaukee infield and i got sniped right before my pick um so i ended up pivoting and i got my second closer in Corey canable so that's where we're at we're only in round 10 while well, you're in round what, like 26 or whatever? 24, um, almost 25. We're, we're three picks away from round 25. Yeah. Screw There's you. only 30 rounds, by the way. Oh, and we, if anyone's listening and wondering why some of our teams sound like this, it's a 15 team league, five by five roto. Probably should have mentioned that at the beginning of the show. But um, so something, yeah. something just happened. I'm on the clock because 
we had an auto pick right before. Guy guy said his cue went to auto, and he took DJ LeMahieu, who I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I am, right. I've been waiting. I've been waiting three hours for this pick, and I'm so pissed off right now. Oh you, God! And you, are you that guy that doesn't have a backup plan? Are you that? No, are you that I have guy? a backup plan. I just, I just don't like the backup plan. <laughs> See, and then you wonder what. Like this is how. I, that's what happened to my team. Like, like I would just like I had guys top my queue, and then they just didn't make it to me. I was like, all right, so I pivot, and then I pivot again, and I pivot again. I see, you know, I'm like, this team is just mediocre. I, I like to call myself the king of mediocrity sometimes. When I, when, especially when I'm gaming, I'm the king of mediocrity at MLB the show. So, um. <laughs> I look at this team. I'm like, this is pretty damn mediocre. But um, I'll go through my team real quick while you figure out. Who, do you have? An, you want to talk this pick out or what? I'm so annoyed. Who's it? Who? Who's so the whole pick? plan? The whole plan was to take a first baseman here because that is. I don't. I don't want to end up like you and George in battle the pods and just not get a first. Listen, I, I only have one. Look, I only have one in this draft too. I only have one, and it's Brandon Belt. That's my only first baseman in this draft. I've already screwed up again. So LeMahieu was going to be my first baseman, but also give me some flexibility there. That's obviously not going to happen now. I think the next backup plan at first base is Ty France, who I, I, I do like as well. First base, second base, eligible. Should hit for a high average. Really like Seattle's lineup. think they're just going to keep getting better. It's nothing flashy, but I guess it gets the job done and then maybe try to back it up with, uh, with like a Brandon Belt or something <laughs> nothing like on. nothing like i guess they'll get the job done like nothing <sighs> nothing feels better than that you know like uh i mean i i like rizzo he just doesn't have a job it's just the uncertainty i just don't love it right now and we're getting into a lot of gray area if i pass on this tier and just kind of wait it out i don't want to do that how do you feel about ty france i like him he had a strong second half come uh recovered from his i think he had like an injury in the first half that kind of Messed up this production a little bit, but I'm I'm in I'm in all of them. I don't have any shares, but it's just because of how drafts have played out. And I tend to wait on first baseman to a point where either I I <laughs> I, I tend to I, t- I tend to miss and overestimate how they're gonna fall. Like this draft again, Brandon Belt's my starting first baseman. I'm higher on Brandon Belt than than majority. He's the top twenty first baseman for me. So considering people actually have first basemen as their corner infielders, I'm okay starting Brandon Belt. But yeah, the lack of depth at first base beyond Brandon Belt is what's which is 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 what concerns me. I usually am better about depth, but this draft I didn't take. And I'll talk. I'm gonna actually focus on the negatives of this draft when, when you're done with this pick because I have so I, again I have a full team. Not gonna go through it all too much, but um I will talk about how I built it real quick and then discuss what's weak about it and what um I don't like about it. We've talked about Brandon Bell. I mean, Brandon Bell is, especially in the shortened season, I, I really like Brandon Bell. Uh, obviously, the changes that he made last year. The problem is, I think so many people are eyeing him for like a corner infield spot, not yeah, even a but space he, spot. But he's my starter. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like people are going to reach on him a little bit, and I'm nervous if I wait for him that somebody else is going to beat me to it, and then I'm really going to be screwed, and I don't want that to happen. I get it. Um, no, I mean, I, the thing is, like, I'm comfortable with the player pool. I still look at this player pool and see so many viable options. It's just a matter of hitting on the right ones because there's going to be fab. There's going to be a whole bunch of ways to improve this team as the season goes on. So that's why I'm not terribly concerned with screwing up a fab draft. Because if you're good, if you can hit on the waiver wire, you'll be fine. So while you're still 
contemplating yeah, go ahead. what you're going to do. Uh, so this team is, again, I, I mentioned to you, I'm, it's not ideal. I don't like it that much, but that's okay because if you like every draft you're in, that's not typical. I don't know. I feel like that's not normal. I feel like everyone's like some drafts they like more than others. This one, I'm okay with the pitching staff. You know, Burns, Webb. I, told, I think I mentioned to you, I, I like Kopech. The upside was there. I, and after having Webb and Burns as the base, I wanted a, a starting pitcher that could have that upside. And and with the, when the season, the news came out that the season was probably going to be shortened, I felt like Kopech was an instant, someone someone who's instantly going to gain from that because now he's going to be limited with his innings and now less of those innings should be in the bullpen. He should be starting more. So I took the high upside pick in Kopech and instantly paired him with Stroman, which anybody who listens to this podcast, anyone who follows me on Twitter, I think I have Stroman like legitimately on 80% of my leagues or close to it. I am a big Stroman guy. I think he can be a, a viable SP3, and, and getting him as an SP4 makes me happy. I think he has the high floor. I know the Cubs aren't the best on defense. That could hurt him a little bit. But I think he has a high floor, Stroman does, and he has the pitch mix and the arsenal to put together solid ratios and have a little strikeout upside that we saw a little glimpse of, but not quite a lot last year. I think he can st- still take it up a notch. He's always learning the game. Stroman's always a guy that is trying to better himself. So I really do like Stroman. Then I got Alex Wood and Savale. So again, paired some upside with some floor there and then took Eric Lauer. So I have a pretty strong pitching. Uh, I think my pitching is good. I don't think it's fantastic. I think it's just good. It'll get me by. I'll be, I think I'll be able to set myself up to stream. But then I got Presley and Soto as my closers and I backed up Soto with Fulmer just to play it safe because we don't know how Detroit's going to handle that closing situation. Now on offense, I mentioned Brandon Belt being my first baseman is not ideal. But I really like him. I think he pretty much is like I think what he's doing is similar to what Votto's been doing. So I think Brandon Belt is a poor man's Votto. And I think Brandon Belt would be going closer to where Votto's going if he was healthy and could show to be healthy. But he he, he hasn't been able to. So I understand that. Could Brian Hayes, I understand higher than, than I think consensus these days. I think the, he's another guy who gains from the extra rest. People were questioning if he was going to be ready for, with his wrists. All indications suggest that he would be. So Hayes is a guy that he was like nine for 10, I think on some base in some bases last year. And that was in a, that was in a, you know, a period of time where Hayes only played, I forgot how many games he played, but he didn't play a lot. And he still stole. I think, I think he stole 10 bases. I remember I have to look it up. He still, my point was those in all the work, but he's going to lead off or hit second. And that alone will get him close to 90 runs. Even on a bad pirates team, it'll get him 90 plus runs probably. And in a, in a shortened in a 96 game sample, he posted six home runs, nine stolen bases, hit 257. If he hits closer to 250, if he hits closer to even 260, I'll take two, I'll take 250 to 260. That's fine. It's the um nine stolen bases and six home runs that's gonna prorate to double digit stolen bases and double digit home runs. I like that skill set. And it's it's again, I, I kind of this is where I was mentioning how I tack this draft kind of different. I didn't take the strong stolen base type because when you take a when you get stuck taking pitchers early, if you don't go if you don't go after like a, a mile straw or something, you kind of have to piece speed together. So I took Hayes. I took Swanson. I took Lane Thomas. I took, uh, this is also to pair with uh Semyon, Brandon Lau. If you start, if you start looking at the math, I creep my way into getting these stolen bases by chipping away at them. My biggest weakness is outfield. <laughs> I have Lane Thomas, Mark Canna and Yaz as my starters. All three of them are starting for me. Ideally, I wouldn't want more than two of those guys being actual starters on this team. So how did you end up with those guys as your stars? Did you just kind of attack pitching in those? I think it's because of how 
I think it's I think it's a mix of usually I'm really big on grabbing multi-positional guys. And I didn't do that this draft. I usually always grab a couple guys where I can mix and move them as the draft goes, and I fill in the blanks with best available. Like I'm big on drafting Enrique Hernandez. I'm big on drafting um, Luis Urias. I like these guys where I draft them for one spot, but then as the draft unfolds to me, I move them to where I need them and draft what's best available to to me to fit that. That's what that's where multi position eligibility benefits me as a drafter. I didn't draft multi-position eligible guys, and that screwed me. That pigeonholed me into taking certain positions. And that's why I think I kind of shot myself in the foot because I kind of forgot. To, I didn't forget, but I just didn't get the usual guys I do f- to help build this team out the way I would like to. And I do like my pitching. I do. I, I But I think, unfortunately, I don't feel strong in anywhere. So right now I feel like I'm kind of like a middling team that's going to take some work off the way for which, again, having Fab will allow me to improve this team. And right now it sucks because I'm looking at, all right, cool, I can fix this team. My queue has 20-something names in it right now, and we have six more spots. So I have to be very selective in how I attack these six spots. I'm leaning towards attacking it with upside because we have so much unknown going on and about to happen that I feel like attacking it with upside allows me – it'll allow two things. One, if I hit on the upside, I, I instantly make my team better in entering the season. If I miss on the upside, I instantly have – upwards of five or six spots i get to instantly change out for better wire options so it's like a little bit because there's so many options i like there's some very safe options still still available in this draft in my opinion and there's some very high upside options so i'm probably going to take a mix of both get guys i know are going to play give me some give me some stats but i do want to take some swings i'm not going to give names because i know people are going to listen to this but um i i am going to take some swings to really try to hit on some of that upside because this team needs to hit on a player or two to be a competitor. But there's no there's no awareness like self-awareness. I screwed this draft up a little bit, and I'm going to be playing from behind for, I think, for a little bit to catch it up. Or it might be better than I expect. I'm just, I, I'm, I tend to be, I tend to always be pessimistic. Last year, I had a rough year in fantasy. I just didn't see it, see it through. 2020, I had a very strong year. And I was telling you, oh, look at that squeaky chair of yours. Sorry. Dude. <laughs> But uh, I, I was telling you that um, part of the reason why I'm not so confident in my drafts is because I'm almost learning as I'm drafting. I use drafts as a way to prep. I really do. So my early drafts aren't necessarily burning money, but they are getting me ready for a draft. And because I didn't, because I kind of just stopped playing last year, I was playing from behind already in my prep. So I'm prepping, 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 catching up, and I'm drafting anyway while I'm not fully ready to go. So I think it leaves holes in my team and makes or leaves holes in the confidence of my teams as well. So I do think once we get the word go and I draft more, because I'm not going to stop drafting, I'm going to improve on everything, or maybe I'm doing a good enough job and I just don't. I think what it is, I also get very anxious. I want to see if we have new. I was saying another thing is there's a lot of unknowns. We need news, trades, signings, et cetera, et cetera. There's so much that's going to happen that's going to alter these players' value one way or another anyway, or at least perceived value. I just think that with all the unknowns and I'm just ready for baseball, I'm like, I got to see if I'm, I got to check my process. Like I need to see if my process worked or not. I, I maybe it's just, I think honestly, a lot of it could just be pessimism because I don't know what to expect. And I don't think any of us do. And with when that, when I do that, I, I question, I, I second guess everything on my teams. I think you'll be good. I think you're in your head a little bit. Like I'm always tends, in my head. It always it tends to happen quite frequently. I think if you can somehow <laughs> manage this team in season, 
make some good fab pickups, stay focused, I think you'll be okay. I, 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 honestly, I'm not concerned about that. It's just a matter of... Um, oh, I am. Because you're, <laughs> you'll find another project mid-season and you no, will no, forget to set your fab. I'm done. I'm done. I, I'm the lineup guy. I created. I, I paid someone to create a tool for me. For well, not for not just for me, but for everybody. But I'm gonna. I'm just literally. I'm literally doing lineups. That's all. I'm, and that's why, if if I'm gonna be weak on a team, I've realized. Let me be weak on the offensive side because my whole content is is literally focused around hitters. So if anybody's gonna be ready to pounce on hitters and fab, it's gonna be me. I I feel like that's gonna be my strength. So of course I'm gonna go ahead and um focus. I I rather build out a stronger starting staff. Knowing I can make up hitters off the waiver wire easier, I think it's easier to make find hitters off the waiver wire as the season moves along as well. So the fact that my content surrounds itself around that, I think I'll be okay. But yes, I'm done. I'm done chasing the tail, the proverbial tail of everything. I, I have a focus. It took me three, almost what, four years, four, three, three, 2019. I'm not reeling it in. It took me three years to find my focus, Zach. You should be proud of me. It took me three years. Took long enough. Hey man, it's well, been a it's been a fun draft so far. I'm glad yeah, that you're. Uh, anxiety. I'm glad you're almost done. I'm just getting started. I just have anxiety, dude. I I get really bad anxiety until the season. Once the season starts, the anxiety instantly leaves because then it goes right into analysis mode. And what what was I right about? What was I wrong about? And why? And I learned so much so fast. My but thing um, is it's, it's so hard in these 15 team drafts. They're just so deep, and there's so many positions to fill. I just feel like there's just always a couple of weak spots on the team. And there I should just, be. That's normal. There should be, but I'm just still. Uh, I haven't been drafting as much as you and some some other people with these DCs. What, I'm just trying to why, figure out exactly where I want to go in these specific rounds. But that's the problem. So because of that, I had this. Maybe I, it's possibly it's possible I have false confidence in these players that I shouldn't have confidence in. I have so many players in my queue that are going to be free agents and probably should be free agents, but I see value in them. I want to draft them, but I'm trying to be picky because I only have six spots left. It's very difficult to be picky because I don't know which way to go be picky with. It's aggravating. It's not easy. I feel you, man. But yeah. Well, we will recap maybe with George or something when all these drafts are done and see how we feel once the whole team is complete. But I don't want no. This was a nice little. Ex- this. this was a nice little exercise going through and just talking some strategy and some players that we like. I don't want to talk about this team anymore. <laughs> Your team sucks. I just the uh, probably. I just want the season to start. So I, I, because yeah, but yeah, I do agree. I need I need to draft more to rectify some of the feelings I have on earlier teams. I have legit. I, it's weird. I have legitimate anxiety when I look at my old teams because I realize how much more prepped I am now compared to then. And then even this team, like I'm more prepped now, and I didn't draft this team well. So it's aggravating me. So it's like I feel the I need to, I feel the need to redeem a, 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 in a different draft. So it's weird. Like I I'm not gonna be happy until I get a few more drafts in. You're not gonna fix. be happy until we have spring training, so you can put your chart into full motion. I don't even care about that at this point because um that's all that's gonna do is but that's gonna help. I think just having news and having stuff is just gonna help. We just need baseball back. I'm gonna end it on that. It's gonna happen soon. Play ball. Let's go. Maybe. Colton Wong season, baby. All right. You can follow us on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin, Braff Z at Braff Z at for, for Zach Braff. There you go. At Braff Z. Dang it. I, you get it. Uh, five star rating review on your way out is greatly appreciated. Anything less is fine too, but five stars would be preferred. Um, <laughs> we have a couple one stars. I'm like, why do people feel the need to be that much of a jerk? Like, you can at least give us three. 
but, salty. Uh, it's fine, dude. Um, I used to remember I used to read them and care. Like I used to be like, oh my god, we got another one star. Now I'm like, whatever. People are people are gonna do what they do. You know what I mean? Yeah, we appreciate whatever. it though. If you leave, if you do feel the need to leave a crappy rating, leave a review as to what we could fix. And if it's me cutting people off, that's not getting fixed. I've tried. I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> the rant, the rants will not stop. They've been going on no. for three years. The, the tangent times with Mike yeah. never gonna stop. But they're uh, still, yeah, they're it's still happening right now as we speak. Yeah, can't even say goodbye, right? Um, don't forget to check us out skplaybook.com. Letter S, letter K, playbook.com. We offer a Discord community. We have um, we have new articles coming out on occasion. Uh, I'm trying to get motivated to write some stuff, but obviously, just like everybody else, I'm kind of down. But check out the new lineup chart thing. I'm telling you, you guys will like it. It's a tool that no one else offers. Check it out. Um, yeah, that's gonna do it. As always, anything you want to add on the way out here, Zach? No. No? All right. It's been real. (laughs) It's been real. Y'all have a good one.